This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 196 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one's dedicated to the world of UFC. Um, if this is the first time you've stumbled across us, you can get us on iTunes, Fight Disciples. That's all you've got to do to search upon us. And you can get all our Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on social media too, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, make sure you check them all out. Um, as I said, this one's dedicated to the world of UFC, but there's not too much to talk about regarding fights because there wasn't anything going on at the weekend. There's a little bit going on in the world of Bellator, of which we will talk about uh, a little bit later on in the show. But first of all, I just want to start by taking the piss out of me, mate, because this is how we roll on this show. If you've never listened to us before, yeah, we picked up a couple of awards and you might think, wow, it's an award-winning show. They must know really know their shit. Yeah, okay, that's kind of like... 20% of the show, uh, 80% of it is just ripping the shit out of stuff. That's basically what we do. Uh, and I'm going to start by having a go at me uh, colleague here because we have spent years going to press conferences uh, and going to various things up and down the land in order to interview fighters. And you get sent for a specific job. Now, last week in the world of boxing, I know this is crossing over, but in the world of boxing, uh, there was a Tyson Fury press conference at the Lowry in Manchester. Mm -hmm. And uh, we divided up between ourselves. I said, right, sunshine, your turn. There you go. There's your microphone. Crack on, Nicholas. Go and get an interview with Tyson Fury for the Fight Disciples boxing show. Yeah, no problem, mate. Absolutely no bother. I'll get up there. I'll go, I'll go over to Manchester and get that sorted. Right. My, uh, this was on... Thursday? Thursday evening. Thursday, Thursday yeah. yeah. On Thursday, right. So Thursday evening, I get the phone call into Nick. I says to him, Nick, right, send us over that Tyson Fury interview that you did, mate. We'll get that all sorted. He goes, oh, bit of a problem there. I said, what do you mean there's a bit of a problem there? I said, I didn't interview Tyson Fury. Why do you not interview Tyson Fury? Got sidetracked. What do you mean you got sidetracked? Owen Roddy turned up. <laughs> Fuck. This, is what, this is what Nick Better does. Better interview? This is what Nick does, right? And he did this at the Amir Khan thing as well. He was sent to go and interview Amir Khan. No, Francisco Vargas turned up. He fucked off with him for a bit, didn't he? <laughs> if, there, if there's someone that's not supposed to be there or of a, a certain stature that Nick's either's not met before or he, he worships, or he worships, <laughs> he just fucks his professional allegiances off just to go and hang out with somebody so, to make mates with him. Every fucker's interviewing Amir Khan. Every fucker was interviewing Tyson Fury. Sick of the sound of their own voices, getting asked the same questions over and over. Mm. If I see Owen Roddy lurking at the back of a press conference, mm. his first boxing event since Mayweather McGregor, what the fuck do you expect me to mm, do, son? Mm, mm, mm. Go uh, and ask him about Connor. Yeah, you didn't even sit in on the bloody interview, uh, the, the the press conference, because you were outside having a 20-minute chinwag with Owen Roddy. Luckily, third player to you, you got your microphone out and stuck it in his face, <laughs> which, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of kudos. Uh, how was he? How was Mr. Roddy? He was class. Yeah, he was in really good spirits. Really good spirits. I'm going to hear from him later in the show, obviously. But uh, he was excited, man. He was excited to be to be back involved. And obviously, it, it's, it's a weird position they're in because... Even he, and you'll hear it in the, in the interview later, even he's a bit like, I don't know what Connor's going to do next. Who mm. the fuck knows what Connor's going to do He's Connor's boxing coach, yeah? For people Striking like, coach. The, for the people listening that don't know how mixed martial arts coaching is set up compared to boxing coaching, they have different... Yeah. You have wrestling guys, you have grappling guys, you have Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, 
and you have a striking coach. And Owen Roddy is Conor McGregor's striking uh, striking coach. You could say uh, uh, the main key to the Conor McGregor Rod show, really, because that's what Conor McGregor does. He lays people out. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, I was talking to him about boxing and everything else, because he's, he's actually cornering Jack McGann, um, who is moving, making the transition from MMA to boxing, and his mm. debut's going to be on the Tyson Fury card. So that's why Owen was there. But obviously, I got stuck into him more about Conor McGregor and what comes next. Mm. All right, then. Okay. Let's blast it. So, well, well, seeing as that you went there and you actually did some work, not the work that you were supposed to do, but you did <laughs> some work, let's have a listen. This is Nick catching up uh, with Conor McGregor's striking coach, Owen Roddy, last week. Do you look back now on, on the experience in Las Vegas fondly? Do you still kind of pinch yourself that it happened? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of both, yeah. Like, you know, it was it's a bit surreal to, to, to have experienced that. Like, I watched I watched Mayweather for many years and, you know, now he was, he's at the top of the game for, you know, most of his career. Um, and then to be in there and, you know, being there and trying to, trying to come up with a strategy to be one of the best boxers to ever do it with no... <laughs> No previous um, cornering. I never cornered the boxing match before in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, to go in against the, 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 you know, one of the best boxers to ever do it, and to try and come up. The challenge was unbelievable. It was exciting. It was very good. And for it, yeah, I still pinch myself. I look back at the experience. We made mistakes. You know, you know, he was so good at, at just changing up a strategy on the on the flip of a coin. And we, you know, we might made mistakes. You know, not taking not taking a rest in certain rounds and stuff. And this is all stuff that I've learned that I'm, I'm hoping to, to um, help Jack with. Let him know that, you know, you have to be very smart in there. It's a, it's, it's a very strategic fight, uh, boxing. and uh, Sweet science. It's a sweet science, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. But, um, yeah, I learned a lot. I look back at it fondly. It's a, it's, it's, it was an unbelievable experience. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always look back and, and, and enjoy it. Uh, as a team now, do you, do you look back on that and think... It may have been different had we brought in a full-time boxing coach, yeah. or do you think it was better that you, you experienced it as a team, as Team McGregor? Because you guys all seem to come out of it with a lot of credit. And yeah. you, go, well, you know what? We did it as a team. We went in as a team and we left as a team. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think when you go in and you, you take it, uh, you know, if you go in and you take on somebody else, they, they might try and change, change his, his, his total approach to the fight and stuff like that. And I think the unique thing that we also had was we were going to be unpredictable. Nobody knew what way we were going to approach it, and that kind of gave us, gave us a, um, a bit of an upper hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, got, and it made Mayweather second guess for the yeah, first four rounds. Yeah, really. yeah. It was, he, you know, kind of came in and he done stuff that you know wasn't commonly seen in boxing and stuff like that. So, but as you said, Mayweather was he's so good at changing up the strategy and going from the, the different styles that he went through, and you know, he he done very well. But if we had a Brighton somebody, they might they may have. Said, okay, Connor, we want you to fight this particular way. That kind of does kind of fights the way he fights, yeah. and and you don't change that. When somebody's unique and he's you know he fights a certain way, you you do things to complement that. You don't you don't take it away and tell him to do something differently. You know. Absolutely. Um, on Connor, do you think we're going to see him again fight this year? I would and will like, it be a ring or a cage? Yeah, uh, I would <laughs> like to think so. Um, I know I know there's been a lot of talk now about this Habib fight. Um, and it's, it seems to be brewing towards this one. I only, I only done an interview there a while ago, and people are like, who's he going to fight? And I says, it's, you know, you, you earn the chance to fight Connor. You know, you have, to, you have to create the balls, and you have to, you have to be, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but you have to be worthy to fight him. And Habib is just, no, he's, he's doing very well fighting-wise. I, do, I see holes in his game, but he, he's, he's 
building a big, you know, a big, a big ruckus, and he's 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 calling him out, and people are getting behind it, and you know, it's starting to build. And once it gets to that tipping point, I'm, I'm sure we'll see that fight. You know. Let's talk about potentially happening in Russia as well. What kind of goes to Russia? He, he, Is it all he, about the rubles? You know <laughs> what? Enough Russian you, rubles you, on the table. You know why? He's Connor's a mad thing. Connor's very funny. Like Connor turned around to me even before. Um, before the Mayweather fight, was talk- and it was just sorry, it was just after the, the Mayweather fight, and he's like, "There's talking me fighting Habib," and he's like, "I might do it in Russia," and he says to me, he says, uh, "You know what we'll do? We'll do it like Rocky. We'll go to like Siberia, and we'll 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 train in the snow on Christmas Day, and we'll like we'll I'll get one of those yokes, you know, that you put on your shoulders to get the lats." And I was crying, laughing. And he was serious. He was like, "Let's fucking do it." I says, "I'm not going to fucking Siberia, like you know what I mean." But like that's it. He could kind of does mad things. He does, you know. That's what we love him for, because you know he he would, you know. There's not many people that would do that, but he would say, "All right, fuck it. I'll, I'll go to Russia and I'll fight you in your in your backyard, yeah, just to prove who I am." You know what I mean? So it'd be an exciting fight, but I don't know. But I, I don't know what's going to happen next. But yeah. I, I would like to see it. And me too. In regards to Khabib as well, I, I think he's kind of made for Conor. Yeah. The way he rushes in. Yeah. You know, I. I, I I don't know about yourself, but people are building him up to be uh, to be something a bit special. But I, I see quite a lot of holes in Khabib's game, yeah. and I think Tony Ferguson could have exposed them holes. And I think yeah. Kevin Lee yeah. looks like a better version of Khabib, in my yeah. opinion, because he's got hands. Yeah, as well. yeah, he's got hands exactly. And uh, you know what? At the end of the day, like Khabib, he hasn't finished many fights lately. Now he always says that he does that on purpose, but I, I don't think so. If you're gonna if you're gonna go and finish somebody, you're gonna finish them. Like you know what I mean? He says I like to punish people for five rounds. I always say. If you're gonna give Conor McGregor five attempts to land a shot on you, so even if he went and he didn't land the fourth round, or the second, or the third, or the fourth, he still he has five attempts to land one shot. Yeah. I see Conor go in and land on people within the first 20 seconds of of the fourth round, and you see that uh, against every person he's fought, MMA fighters, boxers, everybody, he goes in. He's so he's so elusive. He's such he, he's so good at maintaining the range. He's so good at giving people shots that they think they can land and then setting up everything off that and uh, you know I just I just see him landing and it's whether you know not many people can take it I don't know whether Khabib can take it either yeah will, will Connor's career last much longer do you think yeah I mean he's, he's still in the gym he still enjoys training he loves it he's, he's down every day doing whether it's you know pads or boxing or, or jiu-jitsu or wrestling he still loves the competitive side of things and that's still boning in him um, yeah, I think so. it depends. It just depends on on, on who's out there. Yeah, it's you about know, the right dance part, exactly. Yeah, it's about who brings the biggest attention and who brings the biggest draw. You know what I mean? It's it, it may be hard to top the the Mayweather fight, but you know, there's people building in 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 the in the UFC that could potentially you know get the fight off. And you know, would you rule out another another go in the boxing ring for him as well? No, I mean I don't know. Yeah, I mean he. There was talk. There was talk of different fights and stuff like that. Um, but then again, who do you fight? You know, if you've already fought Mayweather, unless you unless you do it again. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know whether that. You never know. What do you think of the talk of Mayweather getting into the the octagon? Uh, you know what? I, I just can't see it to be honest. But you know what? I was proven wrong because they said I couldn't see the Conor and, and and Mayweather fight. But you know, money talks and. If Mayweather was to start moving into that direction, a lot of money would be would be made. He would make a lot of money. UFC would make a lot of money, and it's it's stuff like that that um, that uh, 
excites people and excites the promoters and stuff like that. So but it, it wouldn't be a, you know, Connor would have to carry him, wouldn't he? But yeah, yeah. Carry him for 30 uh, like, seconds yeah, before he like, decided to end Yeah, it. it just wouldn't be. And he was saying he'd like to get three or four fights before he gets up there. That's just not going to work. No. Yeah, it's it's going to be too difficult for him to learn. You know, maybe if he had, a, you know, 15 years of wrestling or something like that, like, like you know, the likes of Lamachenko has, has many years of wrestling on Samo and stuff like that. Somebody like him could easily make a transition. Yeah. But um, Mayweather only has hands. It would be it would be difficult. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. So there you have it. The long and the short of that conversation is that uh, Connor's a bit of a mentalist, and uh, yeah, he he would probably walk into. Uh, uh, Moscow uh, in an octagon in Moscow on Christmas Day later on this year to take on Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, for the lightweight crown. Absolutely, and uh, Owen Roddy's up for it as well, mate. Owen Roddy's certainly up for it. I yeah. like that. I like the fact that they started talking about training regimes, lifting logs in the snow, and it's various classic, things man. like that. Eh? A yoke. Um, but you know what? It's like it's just good that the people around him, are, are, you know, because we only get to see the, the stuff that gets publicised. We don't get to see. The, Connor nine to five, you know, day by day. We just get to see the crazy shit when he goes to New York and smashes up a bus. So it's nice to hear from Owen to go, yeah, he's in the gym every day. He's doing his jiu-jitsu classes, doing his boxing classes. He's grinding. He's in shape. You know, he, he, they're basically just waiting for the right dance partner. And whether Habib turns out to be the right dance partner or not, Conor McGregor is still in the fighting business. And that's a good thing. Just need to know where he's going to come back. Hopefully, it's going to be UFC. Hopefully, it's going to be inside the octagon. I don't think we need to see the boxing thing again. I think even though Owen wouldn't rule it out, I think Owen even kind of secretly, he wants to see him go back, defend his belt, or win back his belt, mm. you should say. Mm. Or even move up to welterweight and fucking take on a new challenge. But when you, when you spend time with, with Conor McGregor and the people around him, and then you spend time with Darren Till, you realise that Conor McGregor ain't no welterweight. He ain't even close to being a welterweight. Mm. He's got to come back. Hopefully, it's at lightweight. You know what? I wouldn't be against him coming back and fighting Max Holloway. I wouldn't be against him mm. coming back and fighting Tony Ferguson. Hasn't necessarily got to be Habib, but Conor McGregor's in the money business, and as Owen pointed out there, it's whoever makes the most money. Uh, well done. 15 minutes into the podcast, uh, and uh, was the first mention of Darren Till. That's a fucking <laughs> new record for you. Normally it's 30 seconds. 15 minutes. It's because I sidetracked it with all the Owen, Roddy, and Conor McGregor stuff, exactly. so there you go. Don't worry. This whole month's Darren Till month. That's what uh, Nick's calling it. Darren Till month as we build up towards May the 27th, uh, where he uh, announces himself, let's just say, to the top echelons of the UFC uh, in his fight with uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Seeing as that we've just been speaking about McGregor, got to speak about the fight that got made this week, about two lads that are kind of famous because of McGregor in in Eastern Europe, let's just say, or over this side of the neck of the woods. Over in Brazil, they're famous for their own rights, obviously, Jose Aldo, and over in the States, Jeremy Stevens. Who is, the fuck is that guy? He's famous for his own thing. But because Conor McGregor said, who the fuck is that guy, to Jeremy Stevens, and they knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, they're shot up, let's just say. And they are fighting each other. UFC Calgary, for the first time in his UFC career, uh, Jose Aldo's going to be fighting a three-rounder and there's not going to be a title on the line. I think the last time he did this was against Cub Swanson in the World Series of Fighting in 2009, something random like that, or WEC. He was in WEC, wasn't he? Oh, my days. But what a fight. Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens. I hope Jeremy Stevens sleeps him. (laughs) (laughs) He's certainly got the power to do it, and the way way form's going at the moment, he wouldn't bet against it either. So it's going to be weird Mm. seeing Aldo in a three-rounder. It's going to be weird seeing him come back can he come back? You know, at the moment, it doesn't look like he's he's got it left anymore. Um, obviously, 
since Connolly bounced back against Frankie, but then he's had those two defeats, you know, concise defeats. Bad as defeats, well. yeah, man. Bad defeats, two knockouts against Max Holloway, and he's going in with a guy that that can punch holes through walls. He's so, on the turn at the moment. He's yeah, jet, man. He's, uh, so it's a it's a it's a real risky fight, mate. Real risky fight for Jose Aldo, and um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't. I don't think it's the right fight for him. I think this could be the end of Jose Aldo. I've got to be honest. Jeremy Stevens. I tell you something. We're going to find out who the fuck that guy is on that night. Let me tell you, this could be the coming of age for him. It will be. Um, Demian Meyer steps in to take uh, Kamaru Usman. Um, short notice fair yeah, play to him absolutely uh, Ponzinibbio obviously was out of this fight which we're all gutted about we were saying on last week's show come on we need a, we need an opponent for uh, Kamaru Usman just to keep the welterweight uh, bandwagon this uh, knockout tournament alive Damian Maia is absolutely legit I don't know whether style wise these two are going to give us an absolute classic if I'm honest or a stinker or a, yeah well I personally think it will be a stinker yeah. I think it's going to be exactly what I don't like in mixed martial arts. I like guys who stand in the middle and whack the shit out of each other. These yeah, two aren't going to do it. It ain't going to be that. I, I'm going to go for within 30 seconds, it'll be on the mat. The, the, the problem is, if, you, if you're Usman, the last thing you want to do is put is put Meyer on his back because of his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, his black belt background. He cannot live with Damian Meyer on the ground. And Usman but that's what Usman does. But that's what Usman does. He puts people on the ground mm. and, he, and, he, and he opens, up a, opens up a can of whoop-ass yet. So I think you might see Usman trying to keep the fight standing because he has got he has got powerful hands. And I think he might try and tee off on Damian Meyer and keep it standing. But I think if, if Meyer can pull guard, if Meyer can close the distance, this is a tough fight for Kamali Usman. Maybe even tougher than Ponzinibbio because he's, yeah. he's gone from being a 50-50 fight against two rising guys to a former world title challenger taking on someone that, a lot of people would expect Usman maybe to win with Maya coming off two defeats. Mm. But Damian Maya, as you know, is a good mate of mine. Twelve months ago, Damian Maya was the hottest man in the Friends. division. He was the one on riding the hot streak. There's another thing. There's a, it's good that you brought that up, right? Because that's another person that you've ditched me for recently. Because when we were in Manchester, we were supposed to be working. We were supposed to be doing interviews. Fucking hell, this was two years ago. We were, well, he still fucking rankles with me, right? We were supposed to be interviewing Bispin. I went. I turned up and did all the stuff with Bispin. Phones you up. I said, mate, are you coming to this interview or what? I've got fucking video cameras here and everything set up. Sorry, mate. I'm having a little bit of uh, Kung Pao chicken with uh, Demi and Maya. We're having a little bit of a chat together. <laughs> Think turn up, did you? Because you went out for dinner with Demi and Maya. Exactly. Bitter much. Just I a know, touch. Yeah. Just a touch. Jesus. Hmm. It's a good fight, man. It's a good. It, listen, it's the best possible replacement because every other welterweight's tied up. So crack and you know crack and move by the UFC. Well, full respects for Damian Meyer. Let's hope he makes weight. Still a few weeks to go yet, so hopefully it won't be an issue. But uh, it's a great replacement opponent, and it keeps that welterweight theme mm. of of May of May alive, doesn't mm. it? You know what I mean. It's hopefully it's. Uh, I don't know. You know, don't sleep on Damian Meyer. I'm going to go with Damian Meyer to win by submission. To I just, rag him. Um, just am. I just think wear Usman, him like a backpack. I think Usman might just yeah exactly. I think Usman might just uh, stylistically because this is a fucking rip up the game plan and go back to the drawing board for Kamara Usman's team mm. uh, at ATT. You know, Damian Myers a completely different opponent from from Ponzinibbio. So I think we'll see the uh, the cut of his jib. Mm-hmm. Uh, contender series in the summer. A certain Mister Nick Newell, who we brought up yep. a couple of weeks ago, my boy, boy Nick, has been thrust in there. A man that uh, packed it in, retired, came back, um, has been given an opportunity. Personally, I'm listen. I'm good with it. I'm good with him getting an opportunity to, yeah, to prove what, what he's all about. But fucking just give him the opportunity anyway. Just put him in. 
Just put him in the USC. For those that don't know too much about Nick Neal, give us the background on him. Well, Nick Neal, we've talked about him on the show before. Obviously, he was uh, he was born with a congenital amputation of his left arm, which basically means that his left arm ends about an inch below the elbow. Um, but you know what? He don't give a fuck. And he's had 15 mixed martial arts fights after a stellar high school uh, and collegiate uh, college wrestling career. Um, he's had 15 fights in MMA. He's lost one. And he lost it to Justin Gaethje, who's top five ranked in the UFC. Um, man, he deserves a shot in the UFC, man. I don't give a fuck. I think from Mate, the sto- he's beat from up story point of view, bodied fighters yeah, for, for his entire career, of all of them, his entire career, yeah, he deserves a shot. The only time he was exposed was against Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje exposes all guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Gaethje only loses to fucking top guys. Mm. So if any, if ever someone deserved a shot, it's Nick Newell. I'm just glad that the UFC. You know, I've seen a lot of people who don't know fuck all about the sport, a lot of these bedroom warriors on social media, having a go at the UFC, going, what the fuck, man, you're putting a guy with half an arm in. Uh, it's absolutely disgrace he's just going to get. And I think that's why the UFC have kind of gone, we want to put him in the UFC, yeah. but we don't want to face the backlash of someone just knocking him out and around. Nick Newell's faced that his entire career. It doesn't happen. Mm. Yes, obviously, he's got limited defense to striking to the right side of his face. Of course he has. He's won 14 out of 15 fights, regardless of that. Now, whether that's about levels or whatever it may be, he's only, the only guy he's lost against is a fucking stud in the UFC. For me, that makes him stand up. The Contender Series, I think, is the UFC's nice way to, to bed him in. Yeah. It's a Tuesday night show. And introduce him to an audience. Exactly. It's only on UFC Fight Pass. It's Tuesday night. They can kind of push him in. But I tell you what, when he wins, and he wins in sensational fashion on that Contender show... Telling you now, he will choke someone out, and that will fucking go viral. It'll blow up everywhere, and he, Nick Newell will get his shot in the UFC, hopefully before the end of this year, mm. on the back of that success. And you know what? The UFC should back him all the way. And so what if he doesn't win the UFC belt? That's not the fucking point. The point is that every single person on this planet who has got a similar ailment to that can look at Nick Newell and go, yeah, man, you're doing it for us. You're proving that there's no limitations on my disability. Mm. I'm all for it, me. No, absolutely. And add to the fact that Nick and his, and his, and his girlfriend are fucking superb as well. Mm. Real nice people, so mm. couldn't be happening to him. You've been watching guy. Tough? Seeing as that we're talking about Contender Series, you've been keeping an eye on Tough? I haven't watched it yet. I know we said on last week's show, let's both watch Tough and mm. we'll talk about it next week. Did you, have you watched it yet? That's Two episodes good. in? Um, vaguely. Does that, is that a no? Yeah, it's a no. It's not, I'm not... You had it on the background while you're having a piece of toast or something. Something like that. Yeah, I haven't, uh, no, I haven't caught up with it yet. I will, I will cram, the third, I think it's the third episode due this week. I will, I will definitely try and catch up with it this week. Maybe on the train on the way down to London for Bell UH, I'll catch up with it. But um, It's undefeated. The undefeated tournaments. Mm. It's Cormier, Myogis, Janiga. Mm. Excited. Mm. The, the problem with it is, it's a tired format for me now. Man. It, it is. It is, and I get it. But what you know, maybe that's another show. How do we change tough? How do we re- reinvigorate tough to make it exciting again? But it's still a good way. It's still like a proven way to find good guys to mm. come into the UFC. So I, it's I still get it. Of course it is. And there's still, a, there's still an appeal for that. And it's a different type of audience. You'll find that a lot of people who are, who are into UFC that watch every event like us won't watch Tough because we've, we've grown past Tough now. But Tough is a different market. Tough's like kind of like newbie fans will watch it and go, oh, I watched that series. I'm into it. Oh, yeah. that guy's funny, this and that. And then that an kind of slowly brings you into the UFC. Exactly. It's, it serves a purpose, but it, it certainly could do with a revamp. But the problem I've got with it, we're two weeks in. 
I haven't seen a decent headline about the show. I haven't seen a decent headline going, yeah. this guy looked this or this guy did that. Nothing's gone viral, which means nothing's really happening. Mm. Speaking of uh, things that could do we a little bit of a spruce up, Bellator, do you ever nosy in? Of course I did. I haven't, I haven't, obviously, I didn't watch it live because that's why Bellator's fucked because you can't <laughs> even watch it in the UK. So we're, we're talking about it on Saturday night on live radio trying to get excited about something that no one can even fucking watch. That's what, I've got a problem with that, of course. Um, Bellator 200 comes in a couple of weeks' time. That's in London. We're being told that's probably when the UK TV deal will start. It's about time. But obviously, I caught up with a bit of the action from the weekend. I've seen the highlights. That's the good thing about it being on terrestrial. I mean, it was just on Paramount TV channel mm. in America now because the pay-per-view Bellator's fucked, so they've gone back to a free-to-air model. So I'm guessing the weekend would have done good numbers in the US with it being Fedor versus Frank Mir, two former champions. I'm guessing people would have been attracted to that. So the good thing about that from the for UK perspective is you can go and find highlights of the finishes via social media because yeah. it's on free-to-air TV. <clears throat> so, and there was plenty of finishes, shitloads of submissions, absolutely shitloads of submissions. Dylan Danis, of course, Conor McGregor's sparring partner, his jiu-jitsu coach, uh, won via toehold, and then Naaman Gracie. Um, one of the, obviously the, the infamous Gracie families, he won by triangle choke. That was two of four submissions on the main card before, obviously, Fedor <laughs> beat the shit out of Frank Mir. Just two fat men. Just two old men. Just outside two of fat old blokes. Outside a pub. I can't get excited about it, mate. And then nah. Chael gets in the fucking octagon. I know, but even Chael just looks like a fat old man now yeah. as well. Like, you know, just like... It's not 2004, lads. No, it isn't. Absolutely isn't. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. I've had it, I've had it. I get the business model from Bellator, right? Because they're trying to obviously push people towards their undercard, their young crop of fighters. And there is some talent on there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But they're doing it by obviously creating this Legends League, bringing the, these old boys who should be retired, should be chilling out by now. I mean, it's a heavyweight tournament because none of them can be asked making voice. That's That should tell you, tell you everything. Mm. So they use them in order to bring eyes to the sport and then hopefully the uh, the undercard does catch fire. Don't get me wrong, they've got some decent dudes in there. I mean, Rory McDonald's knocking about in there and, and there's yeah. some other kids knocking about that you would probably get a little bit excited about. But that's about it, really. Yeah. That's about it. Michael Chandler's probably a standout fighter in, the, in Bellator. And, you know, would he win the UFC belt? No. You know, he's probably... He's probably free. You, you could probably say he's fifth, sixth best fighter in the planet in his weight class, but... Mm. He ain't getting in and beating fucking Connor or Khabib or or Tony Ferguson or you know Kevin Lee or for for British fight fans, Cage Warriors is better. Yeah, I agree. And Cage Warriors put on a fucking belter of a card at the weekend as well. They put on a great show. Yeah, you can watch it on telly. You can watch it on telly. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, a proven track record of kids coming out of Cage Warriors and going on to the UFC and going on to the UFC. So of you, know, course. you know, what rather you... than the other way around, rather than go exactly. to the UFC and then go to Bellator. Exactly. So it's kind of like you tune into Cage Warriors. It's the equivalent of watching like you know championship football. Yeah. You're watching these guys and you know full well he's a good one. Turn it on. He yeah. can make it. Fuck me. This guy's going to be in the UFC next. And then when they go in the UFC, you go. Oh, I've been watching that guy for years. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That old. Re- but with Bellator, it's like. You were too late to catch the golden years of Fedor and Frank Mir. Mm. So now you're watching them to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen Fedor. This is not Fedor. This is not Pride Fedor. No. This is not UFC heavyweight champion Frank Mir either. No. It's two old men who are just trying mm. to wring out the coins in their career. Whereas you get to go and watch Nathaniel Wood in Cage exactly. Warriors. He you just think, for the UFC. Me, the journey's beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm catching this Molly McCann. The yeah. journey's beginning. Yeah. Paddy Pimlet. Com- well, Connor's the, probably the prime, isn't he? Of course. Mm. Absolutely. 
So I think that's that's the difference, and I think that's why Bellator is struggling so much for t- for numbers. I, again, it's only Monday, so we don't know how this event got on. It was on, as I say, the Paramount Network rather than a pay per view platform because they're desperate to guy and get more eyeballs on this brand. Um, but Bellator at the moment isn't doing great things, in my opinion. This their flagship tournaments is you know a tournament of fallen idols, if you like. Mm-hmm. So. Um, by the way, by the way, seeing as that um, it took you 15 minutes to mention Darren Till's name um, on this particular show, and we're all gearing towards UFC Liverpool at the end of the month. Sure don't get me wrong; there's other things going on in the world of UFC other than UFC Liverpool. If you no. listen to us week in week no, out, isn't. you probably don't think there is. There isn't. Uh, there is. There's nothing else going. on. Well, there's nothing that. going on this there's weekend nothing that matters in the world of UFC except Darren Till and the- this fight in Liverpool. Hashtag UFC Liverpool. There's nothing going on this weekend, so there's no fights to, for us to wet our whistle this weekend, which is a bit of a shame. So two weeks back-to-back, no UFC. Um, but the sad news is that Gunny Nelson is off the UFC card, which yeah. is a little bit... It's a, you know, I didn't want to... I'm, I was very vocal in the fight when people were saying, oh, Gunny Nelson, Darren Till for UFC Liverpool. I was vocal saying, what's the point in that? Because Darren will absolutely smash him to bits. Uh, but I wasn't against Gunny being on the card, especially in the fight that he was in, because I was thinking to myself, yeah, I want to see him live. I want to see him do yeah. his thing. He is kind of a legend of the game. Probably, he's not at the start of his career, let's say, and he's not even in the middle of his career. He's at the back end, probably. But no, he, he, okay. he, he can still compete. There's no yeah, question about that. I bet Gunny wouldn't say that. Obviously. Of course he's not going to say that. But I'm here to say that. Yeah, yeah. I ain't the fighter. The, the most so anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I'm gutted that he's not on the yeah, card. Yeah, I'm gutted he's not on as well. And it kind of brings me back to... The fact that he was campaigning so heavily to fight Darren Till on this card, and yet it's easy to say now, but he wouldn't have made it. Do you know what I mean? Now we, I'm glad he isn't because otherwise we'd be going, oh fuck, when he's at the main event, who's he going to fight now? And mm. suddenly the whole card's starting to look in jeopardy. Fingers crossed, Wonder Man is safe until he gets off that plane in Liverpool. Then he won't be safe. But um, my, my big concern about replacement is I don't. I would hate to see this this fight scrapped altogether. Uh, nothing against Arnold Allen or Mads Burnell or Davy Grant or any of those guys. Looking forward to seeing it, but not, nothing else stands out as a as a as a real strong co-main. These are two guys in the top fifteen of the welterweight division. I was looking forward to seeing it. There's a reason they're on there. They're on there in case Wonder Man fails to make it to the octagon. That's now this fight being in jeopardy. Do we just keep Neil Magny hanging just in case, or? Do we bring in another guy? The problem is, who do you bring in to fight Neil Magny now? Because the welterweight division, as we've already talked about in the show, everyone ranked has pretty much got a fight at the moment at welterweight. Mm, mm. Um, so bringing someone in to fight Neil Magny, that's going to be capable right now. And the other thing is, there's no one local as well. Sometimes you get a local guy, you go, oh, yeah, step in and get your UFC chance. There's no real standout local welterweight either at this level that you think could come in and give Neil Magny anywhere near a half-decent fight. So... I just, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed these next few days that Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, come up with something because I want to see Neil Magny on this card. And you're not mentioning Liverpool in the Champions League? Well, fucking hell, I thought they'd go hand in hand this weekend. Wednesday night, mate. It's a formality. I've told you this before. It's a formality. I said this against Man City. We go over there. Mm. We don't need our assistant manager. You know, we've got a long history of European Cup success getting rid of our assistant manager the week of the semis or the final. We've done it so many times mm. before, it's mental. Um, Mole score. We know that. We know that. Mole score. Mole's getting injured, mate. Fuck you. Don't ever say that again. I'm Mole's really getting upset. injured. He's out the final. Stop saying that He's right now. He's out the final. Or you'll get heel hooked. 
For those that don't it's know, it's going to be a mad weekend. Nicky's a Liverpool season ticket holder. They obviously beat Roma 5-2 last week. Yeah. They've got the, the small case of obviously not fucking it up this week. And then it's Champions League final, which is the same weekend as USC Liverpool. May 26th. As I say Bonkers. on as I say on this show every single week, it doesn't matter if you if you ain't got a ticket for the arena, come to Liverpool, come to Liverpool Bank Holiday yeah. weekend at the end of the month. It's going to be absolutely pandemonium. Yep, what two days it's going to be, and it's a Bank Holiday, so you know it's going to be crazy. And your missus is away. Mm-hmm. We've got you a hotel room. You're all sorted. That's it. Your mum and dad are looking after the kids. Winning. Happy days. Winning at life, my friend. Um, Friday night, by the way, of that weekend, mm-hmm. is uh, the Bellator London event. I <laughs> know, yeah, exactly. It's a shame we can't... Well, hopefully it, hopefully it will have a TV deal. Yeah, yeah. And we'll watch it on TV. Why, well, we're not going? That'd be fuck. <laughs> Go down to London for to watch Bellator when we've got UFC Liverpool to look forward to. Kidding, aren't you? Kidding, aren't you? <laughs> Kidding, aren't you, lads? <laughs> the Champions League final? Mm. No chance. Not a chance in hell, my friend. Did you see any of Cage Warriors 93? And by that, you know what I'm really asking. I'm not really asking if you've seen the main event where Peter Solly beat Nicholas Dalby in a very controversial split decision. Mm. Got to say, I thought my mate Nicholas done just enough to get the decision there. But did you see Jack Mason's head? Or should I say, the fucking hole in his head? Oh, my days. Across his eyebrow? Wow. Yes, I did see that. You could see his skull. Yeah, it was mad, that. You could see his actual how wide, skull. For people that haven't seen it, how wide do you reckon that gash was? I reckon... It's from, the full length of his eyebrow, from, isn't it? From, from the top of his nose, the bridge of his nose, where it meets the sense of your eyebrow, past the actual eyebrow itself. Yeah. So at least, you're looking at least two and a half, three inches. It, literally, it opened up like a mouth, wasn't it? It's like yeah. a mouth. If you haven't seen it, um, go on my social media, John Maguire, uh, the king of uh, of uh, pink belt jiu-jitsu himself. Uh, he put a photo on there of Jack Mason's head from backstage. Well, it's a video. Oh, it's a video. It a, oh, yeah, yeah because it's a video. Of course, he's sticking it's his, fucking breathing. He's sticking his finger in the cut. It's unreal. When you, um, I'm waiting for one of these internet goons to get older and start have it singing. You know, <laughs> you know the way they love it when it's flapping away and get a little song going. But if you haven't seen it and you feel like you know throwing up. Go and have a look for it. It's fucking. If you haven't seen horrific. it and you feel like throwing up, nobody ever feels like throwing up. I know, up, but do it's they? like it's. Oh, like, I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go and fucking bath my ring up. I know, but it's like when your mate texts and goes, "Have you seen that video of the bird shitting on the fella's chest through a glass table?" And you're like, "No," and he's like, "I'll send it to you now." And you kind of go, "I don't want to see it," nah, but when he sends it, you go, "Just fucking have a little quick look at that." Oh, she's shitting on his chest. Oh my god. I'm in, I'm in a group. There's with, that perverseness, isn't it? So I'm, I'm in a group with a couple of lads, right? And I know, I know better. To open some yeah. of these WhatsApps, I know better to open them. All I keep getting is that big African guy with the fucking seven foot cock. We the oh, Patrick Ram Patrick Vieira. Yeah, they're just everywhere. You name it. I got one the other day, and it was a it was a ticket for the final in Kiev mm. with the note saying uh, who needs tickets. And I thought, wow, you got a ticket for the final already? Like a fool. As soon as I pressed on it, the ticket disappeared. It was just that guy with his big black cock. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I should know better. But. I- Mine, my, every every one that I open, stupidly I open it around my kids, mm-hmm. right? Now, fair enough, it's on my phone so they can't see the picture. Yeah. So now there's ones that are going around which is just sound. Yeah. Ah, 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 deeper! Ah. And I'm like going, fuck, get the fuck up! I opened it. I was cooking the other, I was cooking the other day, right, in the kitchen, doing the kids' tea, and the wife's in the living room, and 
ours is like a walkway through to the kitchen. So I'm fucking about on my phone, like in between, obviously seasoning the meat, so yeah. to speak. And uh, that one kicked off, didn't it? <laughs> and she's like, going, what are you watching in there? <laughs> no, no, nothing. I get them by them all the time as well. Fucking hell, eh? But the sta- obviously the, the the standout performance, the main event was good. Dalby was, uh, I'd say, I thought he was robbed a little bit, but mm. Jack Mason. I seen afterwards Luke Barnett posted a picture from the same team as well. They all come from the same the same team with John Maguire and everything. That Jack Mason, that cut was only fourteen stitches, and I was like, mate, that, that ain't no fourteen stitch cut on the inside. That's an inside and outside stitch yeah, job. Is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the plastic surgery job. It was fucking frightening. Mm, frightening. Uh, there's no fights for us to get excited about this weekend in the UFC, but there is next week as we build up uh, towards Amanda Nunes being back in the octagon. So make sure you stick around for that next week. Subscribe via our iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can yeah. get all Android feeds, uh, fightdisciples.com. We promise we will try and get as excited as we can about one of the shittest pay-per-views that the UFC have ever done. Sorry. Please make sure you come back and listen to us next week. <laughs> yes, what? At Fight Disciples on hey, Facebook. Hey, Gastelum's on it. Let's get excited about Jackeray Gastelum. There you go. There we go. There you go. He's, That's he's, the one. He's uh, changed his tune there. Oh, Belfort Machida fighting as well. Bloody hell. That could, that could headline any Bellator card, couldn't it? We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.